Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. This is Shad with Matt and Brad. Guys, how you doing? Uh, doing good, Shad. I am doing well. Don't check your speakers. Yes, Brad sounds a little little bit different this week. It's just different audio setup. It's not a big deal. I was uh, I was very nice and came in so you're not hearing ocean in the background. Oh, <laughs> uh, just rubbing it in. Uh, so. So you don't it, want to know that it's been 74 and like beautiful where I'm at like every day this week. Well, it it was 74 yesterday and today here, so it was warm yeah, but, today. It's supposed to it's it was I think it was like 74 here, but then it's supposed to be like 61 tomorrow and then like yeah. 77 the next day and then like 50 the next day. It's like it's yeah. we are now in the schizophrenia that is like early fall. Schizophrenia. Uh, yeah. Or really mid fall. I mean, it's just been warm here. So, I um yeah, my joints don't look forward to that. But anyway, um, first we, time I've actually felt like a human being in two months. I'm glad you're feeling good. I really am. Whew. Okay, so what I'm going to do, what we're going to do this week is we are actually, <clears throat> Matt and Brad are, are coercing me to expand my wrestling horizons. And hey, we're you getting... actually like this one. You actually like what we've been expanding your horizons into with. Shut up, Brad. You'll kill the gimmick. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to be getting into... Uh, well, Brad, which which event is this? So this is... Okay, so this one's a little weird. So this is AAA When Worlds Collide 1994, but it's like a weird mishmash of like WCW is like producing it and like the Turner like production people are doing like the filming. Yes, so it's a different production company handling AAA stuff, but and it's uh, really interesting because this is like 1994, so no one was drawing a dime, and this is in like Los Angeles and drew 13,000 people. Like it almost drew what WrestleMania Seven did, yeah. and I think it might uh, have outdrawn it if you take paid attendance into account. Let's, uh, for comparison's sake. You know, a lot of people, including Dave Meltzer, say like, oh, the WWE is real hot right now. And comparatively for wrestling, like, yeah, they're hot. Like they can pull like 11,000, 12,000 for Raw or SmackDown. And like that's that's from a company that's a multi-billion dollar company that's really, really hot right now. Like they're not even consistently doing as high as like 13,000. I mean, for, for major pay-per-views, sure, or better. But the hot company who is like re- doing well in terms of Ron's back down, they're still not pulling in like, oh, consistently I'm pulling in like 13,000, let alone like 20 plus years ago, 25 plus years ago. 
in a country uh, that's not even like they didn't necessarily have this is like 1994 so like they didn't have like a ton of market penetration with tv or anything like to put that yeah. into context and like you I, said in a down period too yeah i recall when this was offered on pay-per-view and and wc because i was you know i was a couple of years into my wcw watching they did market this at least on wcw programming like they obviously like you know advertised that it was going to be on and that it was a pay-per-view that um at least like wcw turner was was promoting uh i never ordered this back in the day uh but this was i think one of those ones that they it was cheaper it was kind of cheaper than usual like $15 uh, maybe yeah 10 or 15 maybe back when pay-per-views were like uh not mid, $80 mid, yeah mid 90s it was maybe like $30 maybe when maybe, I, maybe when I got in in 97 it was $29.99 and mm. I mean mm. I don't know about you guys but I literally when I would get WCW pay-per-views until about 2000 i literally had to call a satellite company yeah oh yeah we had to call the well we had to call the cable company we didn't have a satellite but we we did have to call like the cable and the, and yeah. it wasn't so as nowadays where it's just all through your um remote control yeah, yeah you had to call and sit on hold and order the show because my parents mm. would make me do it if i wanted the show so i had to call pretend to be my dad to order the <laughs> so what we got here is we've got a full bore lucha experience. Um, this That's is... actually not true. So Turner and all their infinite wisdom cut forty minutes off of this. So the first three matches are actually single falls when they should be the traditional two out of three falls because Turner cut forty minutes off the show because I don't know why. Okay, that's why the show is like weird and like they didn't do like the big like entrances that you get in lucha libre and stuff so that's why the show's kind of weird feeling because they cut 40 minutes of it Can, are you telling me hold on are you telling me like the first three matches like they cut it no they so they the show was they supposed cut, to be, did they cut other matches so it was actually more than a five card no so what uh, five so match what card is, so what happened is it should have been a three-hour pay-per-view and turner decided they were just going to do two hours and 20 minutes so they had to cut the show down to make it work within the time slot they were allotted. Okay. So they cut pieces out of the first three matches? No, so so it would be like if it would be like if um this show was started by a bullshit bloodline thing and it ran over 40 minutes. The rest of the show would be playing catch up to deal with the time they lost. So the the show the show was like so when they when they planned it out they thought they had three hours but then Turner turned around and said you have two hours and twenty minutes. Oh, so instead of doing the the two out of three mall, two out they of three single. fall format, they did single falls for the first three matches. Yeah, that's why those first like three matches oh. feel a little bizarre because okay. they they had to condense like a two out of three falls into a singular fall and make it work. So okay. kind of that's that why it's kind of off. That Eight. makes sense because at least in like the second and third match, uh, third matches of the car of the show, like they it was like it, the the endings, which and I guess now we know is not really like it wasn't the the, the true fall or whatever. It seemed kind of anticlimactic, where it's like, oh, that's it, like they won, they won the match, and it's like, 
well, no one's really celebrating. It's kind of flat. <laughs> so I guess that would make sense if like it's like, they oh, were, they cut out. Mm -hmm. And it felt like they were rushing and cutting out. Like, it wasn't very, it was more Americanized than it should have been for the first three mm -hmm. matches because they were, they were like putting all the psychology into a single fall that they would have stretched out over two or three falls. Hmm. Okay. Useless bit of trivia to that. Well, okay. Well, so it is still a lucha experience, although not not what um it. It's more like WCW lucha. Okay, so not traditional lucha experience, but it is a lucha experience. So yeah, like the um the the, the I would say the two main events are traditional lucha. Okay. Well, so what I was gonna say is uh. The first match on the card, when I saw what it was, I thought it was just going to be a goofy gimmick match, but I was so wrong. So uh, minis, minis work legitimate style in our... I mean, like, think about when El Torito was in WWE and how much they wasted him. Oh, yeah, because that dude did all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the first match is... Uh, you know what? I'm gonna have somebody else read the names because you don't want to hear my hillbilly accent. Master Masquerita Sagrada, Octagon Cito, Espectris Rito, and Jurito Estrada. Mm -hmm. So, so um Espectrito is the minis champion, and I believe he lost his mask to was it Sagrada he lost it to? They said in the thing. I did not write it down. Okay, um, but so so this is a minis match, and it's actually it's a super confident. Like if you if you're thinking like what like midget matches in the United States are, just throw that out of your 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 thought process because they work the straight up like actual wrestlers and not little wrestlers. Oh, so this. This, sorry to cut you off, Shad. Yeah. I was not looking forward to this. I was like, because I've never been like a big minis fan, even minis or midget wrestling. I've, I've not, just not generally been a fan. But I saw this and I immediately like messaged you guys. I'm like, wow, this this was an actual good match. Like yes. it, they worked it Hi. as a straight up lucha match. There was no, I guess what you would see in midget wrestling, none of like the comedy spots. Oh, look, they're little. So they're doing little oh, look, things. They're, little they're guy little. Thing. They have no impulse control, and you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, just as a quick aside, because I, I went, Brad, you mentioned um, Espectrito losing the mask. Yeah, he worked for WWE as Mini Vader, and he was El Torito for from ninety seven to ninety nine. Not the most recent run of El Torito, but it's like, wow, okay. Um, and like you guys said, these guys can. They can go. Um, yeah, he lost his mask to Sagrada in August of this year. And this okay. is in November. So he had just lost the mask like um, a couple months ago. And he did the typical heel thing, which I actually love, is he lost the mask, but then he just put face paint on instead. <laughs> um, the grappler did that in Portland, and I loved it because what he did is he lost his mask then he did face paint of his mask after he lost the mask, which I okay. thought was like a good heel dick move. Yeah. Um, the, the biggest thing 
for me that I took out of this match, other than the fact that these guys, you know, can work, is the fact that they did an excellent, uh, we'll say what it is. These guys are smaller than your average competitors in a wrestling ring. Therefore, they had more space in the ring to work with, and they made excellent use of it. Like, they did a fantastic job uh, just having more space to work with, and it was great to watch. It really was. I, I actually think Octagon's Tito is a better worker than Octagon. Yes, he is. I, I, I'm not. We'll get into it later. I am not a fan of Octagon, and I not that I've seen like a million Octagon matches. Uh, again, I we talked when we were reviewing Lucha before. Uh, I'm not like that well versed on Lucha for the last like 10, 15 years. Like I've seen some guys, but I'm not. I'm nowhere near like an expert. But I did watch a good bit of Lucha in like the mid aughts. Um, so I. I I'm familiar with it. more like CMLL than AAA, but I did watch some AAA. Um, and, and I, I would was say never I, a fan of Octagon. I was never a fan. I always thought he was like way, way, way overrated for yeah the, his level of popularity. I guess I, I was I was kind of hopeful for this because Masquerita Sagrada is like a legitimate legend. I would say so. I was kind of hopeful, even though I wasn't as familiar with the other guys. So um, you had the, the, I believe the correct term, you had the Technicos win here. Correct. um, I mean, they did a great job. I I enjoyed the finish. I didn't write down what it was, but I enjoyed the finish. Like, this was all around just really good stuff. And And this is like the traditional, what you would see in a Lucha match. The, The Brutos are trying to bully the Technicos, and the Technicos are trying to do technical fly stuff. That's kind of like dynamic of lucha i actually thought espectorito was really good i'd never seen him much before and i really enjoyed his work and he and sagrada had good chemistry i thought yeah i absolutely thought they had good chemistry um yeah this was a joy to watch like an unexpected joy to watch it really was and if you want to see this by the way it's on youtube you can you can just look it up on YouTube. The video quality isn't um, thrilling. The, but... the video video quality is crap. But yes. um, <laughs> it, it, it makes you wonder though. Like it's kind of like the women's wrestling thing with this. So it's like uh, I wonder how many like good workers got wasted in like the United States for years, like making them do dumb comedy stuff. You mean after they got out from Muda's thumb and started working? You mean um, little Tokyo's? Or no, uh, not Mood. Mula's Mula. thumb after the women. Yeah. I, I I slur that together and screw it up every time. I'm sorry, but uh, it's okay. I was confused. Like, what is what is the great Muda have to do with this? Is he missing like random little people <laughs> and women in the face? <laughs> both, just both. Go with time. <laughs> um. So, you know what? I, I'm going to say that this match right here goes a long way towards making the card worth watching on its own. But um, fun to watch. Great. I would say this is the second best match on the show, honestly. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, 
<laughs> the next match I might don't be know that I would better. say that. I, okay. It was neck and neck with the next match, which I would say either of these two are the second best match on the card. Uh, maybe. This was I mean, a, nothing, the second match was a good match. Nothing's outright terrible. I wouldn't even call the main event terrible as much as it wasn't great, but... We'll get mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. The next match had Fuerza Carrera, that's Juventud's dad, for... Uh, Which Madonna. I did not... I did not know that. Oh, really? I actually found that out um, as I was, like, researching this. I was I like, holy shit! I didn't realize his mask was supposed to be a mosquito mask until Mike Tanay was talking about it on this show. I didn't know that oh, really? either. No, and yeah, I yeah. couldn't see it after every time I saw it. I was like, God damn it, that is a mosquito. <laughs> I, I knew that Fuerza was Hubie's dad. This is so weird. It was from a like 97 or 98 copy of WCW magazine that did a, a feature on Hooventude that had it in there. For some reason, that stuck in my brain. It's not like, I don't know, I, math could have I gone al- in there or anything. But. I always just assumed it was because Guerrera is kind of like a weird, unique name. And I'm like, there's no way there's two guys like with just Guerrera. Well, it's war- It's for Warrior. So you had uh, Juventud is Youth Warrior. And then I can't remember what Fuerza Guerrera stood for. Davis Wiki says. But it was Fuerza Guerrera, uh, Psychosis, and Madonna's boyfriend, who was Luis Spicoli, uh, versus Rey Mysterio Jr., Heavy Metal, and Latin Lover. Mm-hmm. Did you um? Did you did you properly call Luis Spicoli Madonna's boyfriend? Sorry, I'm... yes, yes, I did. I said Madonna's uh, boyfriend, also known as Luis Spicoli. Okay, so and, I I did like in this match. So I like them talking about Latin Lover being a male stripper before he got into wrestling, <laughs> and then he busted those moves out to like show up uh, Madonna's boyfriend. Yeah, like right, right after they said it. So yeah, which was which was which was good timing. But I was like, that's hilarious. I also like that they leaned into the, like he leans into that for his gimmick because if it was like WWE now, they'd be like, no, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't be sexy dance man and dance sexy. Which is funny, uh, Jeff Gaylord did male stripping, and this is from a crime and sport episode, and he <laughs> talked about it. And he's like, well, I decided to do it, so I painted myself green and called myself the Incredible Hulk. And I was like, that's hilarious. So, one thing that in this match that, that got me was, I guess I didn't think about how on the nose some of the gimmick names are. Because it's like, heavy metal. His gimmick is that he's a a heavy metal band guy and Latin lover, sexy Latin guy. And I'm like, um, I, I did, I guess I didn't think about that, but okay, we're going with it. But I mean, the stars, the star of this match is really when psychosis and Ray jr. Get in there together. And psychosis is such a workhorse. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he is. And they, they really, um, oh, what's his face? Chris Cruz even said about Rey Mysterio, he said, like, point blank in commentary, he said, we are looking at the future of um, of uh, Lucha Libre. Uh, let me see if I can find the quote exactly. He said, we're looking, this young man is, is the future of Lucha Wrestling. And um, it's, it's obvious even at this point when he's 19, AAA realized they had something special yeah. with him. 
the but I, I have to really say, good. I love these matches with Fuerza Guerrero because I love seeing how little he's actually going to do in the course of a match. Because <laughs> God damn, is he, is he a lazy motherfucker? Like, I think both matches we've seen of him, he's like, well, I'm going to punch someone and do a rope bump, and oh, okay, I'm good. And that's the end of him. Yeah, he did roll out pretty quick. Yeah. And then, um, but man, psychosis was such a workhorse in that. Like, I, my my takeaway was uh, Louis Spicoli was not uh, good in this, in I any mean, sense of the word. The Technicos were all good. I thought Heavy Metal was a little forgettable, but he's like 24 in this. And um, Fuerza was lazy, obviously, and Psychosis was like a beast. amazing. I yeah. mean, how much of that is supposed to be the the Rudos not quote unquote working good in order to to be heels? Is that a common thing? Uh, my problem with Spicoli was like, there's this sequence with Ray where he like catches him and he puts him on the thing and like Ray like drop kicks him in the head and he no sells it. And I'm like, come on, dipshit! Like, well, hmm. yeah, that's that's fair. Like he looked like that was just. I, I, if he was supposed to do that, whatever. But like the way he did it, just like was it really felt sandbaggy and unprofessional. He, he should have sold it a little bit more. Um, it, even if, if it, he was supposed to no sell it, he should have acknowledged that it hit at least. But I and guess. I'm pretty sure Ray remembered that and like legit kicked him in the head later in the match. <laughs> he might have. There was a stiff drop kick in there. Yeah, like there's a stiff drop kick later. I'm pretty sure Ray like was uh, making sure that he sold that time better. Yeah, or at least acknowledged it. So, yep. Um, I thought this was fun. this was this was a fun match. Like it's kind of um, a dumbed down version of the other Ray and Psychosis match we saw with like the vets in there and the kids like running around, you know, doing crazy stuff. Like it was. It was fun. I uh, I like that other that other match a lot better than this, but I oh, did yeah, think yeah, that yeah. The, this was a perfectly fine match. Like perfect uh, length, too. I thought. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, there's. I'm seeing about on the computer, thirteen minutes. Yeah, the time was like just shy of thirteen minutes. Um, and I felt it was good. This is like, uh, I mean, I feel like there were those matches were probably better, but this is like something you would probably see from like nineties WCW when they had the luchas on like the mid card of a, a thunder or a, yeah. Yeah. Or nitro. Uh, but that I'll, I don't say that in a bad way. It's like, this wasn't uh, anything special, but it also did get to showcase some of these guys. And I thought they were pretty good. Um, I wasn't as down yeah. on Spicoli as you guys were, but he was, he didn't do a lot. He mostly like he he did move, and then he'd do like his like stupid dancing to kind of like I guess get heat. Um, uh, sorry about that. Yeah, sorry about that technical difficulty. Uh, hmm. But hey, we got it fixed. So Matt, what were you saying? Uh, I was saying I was not as down on Spicoli um, as you guys were, but he he was kind of doing I guess a little like a little dumb dance uh, for heat maybe. And that seemed to be like a lot of what he did. Uh, but uh, looking at his career, this was kind of earlier on. Um, 
think he had been around for a little bit, but this is before he kind of, I, I, I guess, blow up or he, like he, he had more memorable stuff because it was not long after this that he joined the WWF as Brad Radford, which is they're trying to do some sort of weird grunge thing. But I thought I it was did not know he even did that. And you he, don't remember also, Rad Radford? No. He also he also stopped dating Madonna and started dating Courtney Love for that gimmick. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, he played like a grunge character. Um, he was there like a couple of years, uh, and then or really like a year old. He was he wasn't there that long. Yeah, know he paired up with like the Body Donnas uh, for a while, and then from there. I mean, well, it says he was there till '96. So yeah, and then he went to ECW, and I remember him in ECW. Uh, and he seemed like he he was doing well. I mean, we forget that for a time ECW, in addition to having some like its own people, like they did actually have a, a few cast-offs from other companies. I mean, yeah, Shane Douglas was like a big deal there for a while um they had um matt Bourne for a while because he was doing kind of that weird like doink but not doink gimmick there um steve austin they obviously had for a while mick foley um two cold scorpio kind of between runs like yeah they had um this is kind of the era where they were getting some talent and then i think he's probably most known for being like kind of an nwo stooge yeah he was the hanger on for the outsiders i thought yeah, well, he, he then, he, I would, I would say he was more of a Scott Hall minion than anything else. Yeah, yeah, he 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 then went to WCW and they did. He was kind of getting a rub there because he was basically like he was almost like an NWO like understudy, like he was trying to impress them, and he did become kind of like the the young boy of sorts of yeah. uh, like Scott Hall. Um, but then unfortunately, you know, he passed away in '98. Uh, like he didn't. Yeah. He wasn't there with WCW long, like a year or so. Maybe and not even that. Somas, I think, got him, didn't they? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was taking out. Wiki. It was taking out. Stuff like that was taking out so many dudes in uh, yeah. late 90s, early so, 2000s. So I, I don't exactly. He, Soma and Wine choked uh, on his own vomit, but this was a. Oh. He had actually gotten clean, but relapsed because his mother was terminally ill with cancer. Oh, oh god that's rough i i don't like i didn't love spicoli in this match but i mean his his gimmick was that he was he was the big guy on their team and he was doing the the cocky foreigner gimmick and it's like okay that's fine uh, i mean he, he didn't really have to do a whole lot but i haven't seen enough louis spicoli stuff to really have an opinion on the guy like, my, my problem is at some point in the match you have to stop doing your bullshit and actually wrestle. I don't know. I've seen some people who bullshit the entire time and do well, I mean, okay. I, mean I can yeah. see why I can see why Vince took one look at this and him refusing to stop doing that and Vince being like, Oh, I have to have him. Such a good shit. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I'm gonna miss that meme. Um but this was really fun. Uh, I, I can see why you you would you would put the minis match ahead of it, but this was really fun. They're both good though. They're like right neck and neck with each other for me. So it would probably depend on the day and my mood, which I like better. Huh, fair enough. Now the Maybe. next match though, I did not care for very much. 
Ooh, yeah. Uh, so quick rundown. Next match had uh, Jerry Estrada, La Parca, and Blue Panther versus Tito Santana, Two Cold Scorpio, and the Pegasus Voldemort kid. Benoit. Some other. Yeah. What do you mean? There was only there was only it was a two versus three match. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. The two versus three. We gotta we pretend that the other guy didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's. So, so this is a tale for me. This is a tale about three guys in this match are really good and really trying hard and three guys aren't doing so hot. I watched this and the thought I kept having was, are we having this styles clash where they're not, these guys aren't like their tendencies and proclivities and stuff are they're not picking each other's stuff it up. Shouldn't have been that way though. I because like Tito, I'm gonna chalk up to he I think he was a part-timer in this era, so I think he was rusty. But like Benoit had worked Lucha, so he shouldn't have been out of yeah, okay. sports here. I mean, my big takeaway from this is the bits I got of it, it's just like just hook two cold Scorpio versus la park right into my veins because <laughs> i wanted more of that yeah because like because like for, for the one side like two cold scorpio was like the mvp putting in all the work because i don't know what ben wall was doing but it wasn't working and he wasn't adjusting like he was trying to do his like new japan like wcw style and it just wasn't working with the guys in the ring yeah i i mean however you feel about him now like i i do still think that benoit was an incredible worker like amazing worker one of the best workers if you take pound for pound like what he did and for like his that period like he was fantastic but it's almost like it was a styles clash here like even even in some respects more than tito like tito i get what you're saying that he's rusty that's probably true but it's also like I mean, he he had worked so many years at this point doing the WWF style. Yeah, but uh, he was fine. Uh, he, he was actually he was kind of pencil, less of a. Yeah, he was almost like less of a Styles clash than Benoit was because I think I think you're right. Like Benoit was trying to do like this like New Japan Dojo stuff, and that kind of I feel could work, but it's not against the three guys that he was facing, like Jerry Estrada. I haven't seen a lot of, but what I have seen, I'm like, I'm not overly impressed. I love LA. I love La Parca. Like, I love him. Um, but he was kind of, there was a weird, I, I don't know enough about like mid 90s, especially AAA. Like, I don't know if this was like really more of a setup for a, some sort of feud or angle between Jerry Estrada and La Parca. It, but it seemed so, like it, um, it, La Parca turns Technico after this far, this, uh, Brew ha ha with Estrada and they have a title match. Okay, yeah. So this, I feel like this match in many ways was almost like a setup for that. Like this was this was a way to turn La Parca face. Mm-hmm. Uh, but La Parca, I think, is great. But it's like he, I'm not. I wouldn't say La Parca was is you know works the New Japan Dojo style. No, and, and I mean, I think. I think Laparco was only like semi insane in this point, and probably only had like mm-hmm. three guns in his car and like only one Bowie <laughs> knife in his boot. So I mean, I don't think he was down for like making it work. So yeah, okay. Quick, quick question, because we we obviously 
Estrada and Laparca went into this as Rudos, correct? Correct. I don't what know why Blue Panther was with them because okay. he's obviously a technico from events later in the show. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, wh- why? Or was it just supposed to be? It's like, hey, we've got some some uh, homers here that are taking on the 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 three guys we brought in from outside. And well, but we saw that other match though from um, later this year, early next year though, and he's on the Rudo side too. So I'm not sure. Right. Because yeah. that other psychosis um, Ray one was him psychosis. And was it Fuerza versus Ray Santo and um, Octagon? I and he was on the other side for that, and he helped. But like they did that, and he helps. Um, he helps Octagon and Santo later. Yeah, that that's I what know. I was confused by. Is is it, what what is Blue Panther? I don't know. I'm not. Well, see, I didn't even think about that in the moment because I'm used to Blue Panther being. Technica is still like when he helps in that match. I was like, oh, okay, that's that's that makes sense. But then I'm I, we're going over this, and I'm like, well, wait a minute, why is he a Rudo in this? Yeah, that, that's what I was confused about. I don't know, I don't know why he's with them, so we'll just pretend like we don't who know. Blue Panther. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why he was with the Rudos in this match. I, I don't think he was, other than it's like he's actually a good worker, so but I, I did feel if you caught it, uh. Like Chris Cruz, I think I think it's Chris Cruz, or it could have been Mike today. Like they they had like a whole commentary where it's like, oh, he he had actually recently teamed up with Rudos. He's not a Rudo, but he he <laughs> they almost were like <laughs> trying to make him be like a tweener in the sense it's like, oh, like he'll team with Technicos or Rudos, like whatever suits like his interests or his uh, his goals at the time. And it's like, well, that's I guess kind of weird, but you know, they, they did kind of hand wave that in a way to explain it. Um, I realistically, it's like they wanted star power. Like this guy was popular. So might as well have him on the card. I mean, personally for the match that come on after this, I would rather have like blue Panther in that spot. versus octagon, but okay. You know, yeah, it is what it is. But I mean, this was, this was, there are parts of this that were good. If if Too Cold Scorpio is in the ring with Parka or Panther, it was good. If Tito was in, it was eh. If Estrada was in, like, whatever... I told Shad during this, I would have been pissed off if I had to work this match and worked with Estrada wearing what he was wearing. Because he had, like, tassels on it. And his outfit was just everywhere at all times. I'm like, I don't know how you even work with that when, like, his suit's attacking you. It's it's hard because it just all depends on what it's made out of. You know, it's if it's light enough that you can just get it out of the way, then you don't have to worry about it. If it's if it's really heavy, then it gets in the way of you trying to do stuff. But I don't. I I, I, I don't, feel like if he's coming at you off the ropes and you're supposed to do something, like I don't want all of that going on when I'm trying to like figure out how to make the move look not crappy. Yeah, I it's one of those things I couldn't give you I couldn't give you an answer in, in, until I had tried it. I mean he did it it seemed like Estrada basically just brawled a lot in this, so yeah, maybe that like, wasn't I, really a concern. I, I really think Benoit was kind of the worst part of this. And like I agree with everything Matt said. Like 
I'm not trying to dog on him because of what he did. Like, I still think he was a great worker, but whatever he was doing in this match was like a rare miss for him. It it does seem out of place for this era of his career. Because it was like, at first I was kind of like, well, maybe he just never, he hasn't worked Lucha and stuff. I'm like, no, he, he worked Lucha. Like, he knows what he's doing. How how long like, ago before had he? Like, how far in his past was that? Been at least the last four years, I would say. I would have to look. But I bet, I bet he was doing, I mean, the juniors worked with, like, um, Mexico and stuff all the time in that era. I got no, I got, the only thing I can think of is every now and then you'll see someone who kind of gets stuck in a mental rut and they just go with what the thing that they default to is not something that fits. Well, and, the one uh, I did, one thing I he did that I didn't like is he went to, who did he give the German to? I do not remember. But it was obvious, and I don't know if, like, I don't know if he, like, adjusted or not, but he tried, he went to give the German to someone, he gave it to someone. It was either Blue Panther or Laparca, and you could tell they didn't want to take it the way he was going to give it to them, because that's not how they're used to doing it, and they're like, no, I don't want you to drop me on my head. Right. And it was like a whole thing, and it looked like garbage, and that's where I was like, man, you're really off your game yeah. today. I mean, everybody has an off day, too. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. I just didn't work for some reason. Yeah. So th- this was this was a, a a tale of of two sets, I guess, where some folks were doing a good job and some were just stumbling, I guess. This feeds yeah. into I think I probably comfortably call this the best match on the card. Oh, by far. Yeah. This is uh this next match actually got five stars from Dave. Which I would disagree with. I, I would, would say do. I would say I would not give it five stars, but I would say in context of the era, and if someone decided it was still five stars, I would not agree with them, but I would not say it's out of bounds to give it five stars. I would not give it a personal five stars, um, but I have my own uh, I would say preferences and proclivities. So, I would say the final fall in and of itself is five stars, but the lead up to it, it's not five stars. So I can't give it five stars. But I would say the the final, the third fall in and of itself is is a five star match. I uh, I don't know that I would say the the I don't know if I would agree with that even. Like the the final uh, fall is five stars to me, but. I did think I, th- I thought the first two falls were like good. Whatever. I don't say they were they were good, but they were also like not special. Mm-hmm. They they but were I, they rushed it to get to the third fall, like in my yeah. opinion. I did think though that the, the the final fall, the three, was obviously it had the most heat and I thought it was really well done. Now I, I I will say what they did mm-hmm. in the first falls though that I thought was really smart psychology wise is they really set up Art Bar's frog splash as a big deal. for what? So when Santo kicks out of it later, that that's a big moment that mm-hmm. you don't see. Yeah. yeah, they do. So I did I, like that bit of 
killed. I the thing that I I got from watching this is first of all, yes, Art Bar had a great frog splash. But the person whose frog splash reminds me of Art Bar's the most is actually D'Lo Brown. Because, uh, I don't know, there's just something about the approach and the way they do the tuck. And and that, like, RVD does a fantastic frog splash, the way he tucks and he opens up for it. But it's a very different, you know, the knees are on the inside, the arms are on the outside. It's got a different visual dynamic to it. Eddie obviously had a great frog splash but again it was it's much more like tight and controlled but then you compare the way Delo did his to the way art did his and those at least to me seem the the closest comparisons i, I know that's realize, a weird thing i didn't realize eddie guerrero started using the frog splash because of art bar's death yeah that it was his tribute to yeah, now we need to mention though because it bears repeating. I don't remember what the follow-up that was, but um, Art Bar was criminally charged in 1989 with raping a 19-year-old. Oh, was he really? Yeah, uh, I don't think he he didn't do jail time. He was on two years probation and stuff. I don't know if anything had happened up to that, but like, yeah, so. Um, I just wanted to put that out there since we haven't really talked about Art Bar before. And he dies 17 days after the show. Of It's really hazy what happened, but I think the final verdict was died in his sleep due to drug-related heart failure. Um, he, it, much, we talked about Luis Piccoli a minute ago, but I think it was much like that. It, he... He he did some sort of drug and alcohol mix. Yeah, yeah. he would. And you can't do that. I mean, they're they're even like mundane. I call it mundane, but mundane drugs like psych drugs. Yeah. Uh, if you mix those with alcohol, like these things are like depressants, and basically, like alcohol is a depressant. Some of these drugs are depressants. So especially like with Louis Spicoli, like somas, it's like don't add depressants upon depressants because then you basically depress your cardio pulmonary system to the point where your heart just stops so yeah, yeah i think that's that's kind of without knowing exactly like that's kind of what happened i mean i have to be careful with just being on an antidepressant like i'm not on a huge dose but like i'm not i pretty much just told you can drink whatever amount you drank before and probably be okay but like in my case it's like it can make side effects worse Okay. Uh, and so Art Bar was 28 when he died, and Spicoli was 27, just for context. Mm. Well, that's a damn shame, but I don't know. It's it's hard, because there's... Actually, I think all the luchadors are still alive on this show. No, I think Latin Lover's dead. No, Latin Lover's still but, alive. No, he's not... He's not dead. I was thinking Hector Garza. Sorry, I was thinking Hector Garza. I had a, I had a, I think they're all alive. Let me look. Let me look. Uh, all the luchadors are. I, I swear, all the luchadors are alive. Uh, I think actually all of them are. Ah, uh, well, there. well, unless you include like, we can, we can get to the final one. We, I guess we. Uh, Is Paraguay dead? No, oh. he's still alive. 
<laughs> no, he died. He died in 2019. Oh, he did die. Oh, okay. But he yeah, died old age. He, 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 he died seventy three. Yeah, yeah so, so that that's fair. He was because he was he was forty eight for the show. I think yeah, forty eight. So he was not a young man for this. So we don't. I won't count that. Uh, but yeah, so the Luchadors are all alive. Uh, well, okay. Some one other person died, but we. Uh, I guess we can get oh, to that. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. That's that's not gonna. Oh no, I'm not talking about him. Um. Oh, Eddie. Oh, well, Eddie. yes, yes, but I'm not talking about him. Oh, uh, Universo 2000, Universo 2000. Universo we, well, is what? Yeah. Was wait, Universo is on the show? Well, at the end of the, well, we can get into it when we talk oh, about the final the, match. Oh, the run-in. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 God, he sucks. I I can't stand him. Uh oh, uh yeah, I'll talk about it. Like I I am not a fan of that those brothers at all. <laughs> but we can get into that in a second. Okay. So this is really I really like this like um Eddie Guerrero is like an awesome heel in this match. Mhm. Like I had always thought, you know, when when I first started watching WCW 97, I thought he was a little devoid of personality until he like did the heel turn. But man, like his healing is so strong at this point. Like, and he's only at this part, at this point, he's like 27. No. Yeah, he's 27 at this point. Eddie was a really, he honestly was just a natural. Like, he was so fucking good. Yeah. And they're like, you, you know, I, I do love the fact, though the mind fuck of them like having this like these like almost um evil Knievel-esque outfits mm-hmm. and like calling <laughs> themselves like Los Gringos. Locos. Los Gringos? Yeah, Locos. And they're playing up because Eddie legitimately I think is from Texas. I know so, he lived in El yeah, Paso. He was... Yeah, he's born I mean, in El Paso. So Eddie He's born like... here. He, he's yeah, American so... by birth, yeah. But but I love the mind fuck that they're playing up this like oh yeah we're these American gringos to get heal he and they're doing the show in like Los Angeles California and it's still working because yeah, of like yeah. the crowd thing. so it was really good and I just love the the healing was great like I loved the work I loved I thought it was some of the best interference I saw when like they um, Santo does this move on the outside. Like in this desperation, because they injure Octagon with a pile driver. Yeah. Yes. So the pile driver's I... banned here because of um, Angel as Tekka got injured, and I don't know if that's yeah. legit or not. I don't know if that's like a legitimate something bad happened there. I'd have to look that up. But they're kind of doing the Memphis thing, so they pile drive Octagon, and he's getting stretchered out. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, we forgot to talk about Hugo Sandovich was. Uh, yeah, he, the... that was. Yeah, he he did. I, I I forgot about that. Yeah, he he yeah. appeared. I was like, oh, Hugo. Yeah, because he started doing the Spanish thing. And I was like, oh, like this is home. Yeah. But, so so they're double teaming um, Santo because they just have to pin him, but Santo has to pin both Eddie and Bar, and he gets this desperation dive onto Eddie on the outside, and El Torantes, who is a douchebag heel ref. 
that they talk about is like looking at what's going on, on the outside and out of nowhere, Blue Panther just comes in, he pile drives Art Bar. And like, it's a legitimate reason the ref's not looking at me. I was like, oh my God, that is the best interference ever. So one thing that I really, I really enjoyed in the course of this match is that, or in the course of this show, first of all, I thought that the, I thought the commentary team was pretty good. You may listen to him and like really hate him, and that's fine. Chris but... Cruz's puke voice kind of pissed me off. He's doing like the radio puke voice that I dislike. Well, yeah. but he, you know, here he is trying to keep stuff going, and I, I get it, right? Like I understand he's trying to keep things going and and do this stuff. Okay, that's fine. But Tanay, like they did a really good job filling in gaps, and Tanay was really on his game. With you know filling in background information and lore, or in his national radio show, yeah. And then the other thing that I they they filled in stuff for for me the the non lucha person they filled it in for me this guy right here and like I appreciated how Eddie's that. Dad felt upstaged by the original Santo, and Eddie was in the same situation with Elio uh, Del Santo. Yeah, and. Also, the the heel ref being like, "I'll let stuff fly." It's like, "Oh no, you almost got away with it." Well, then I j-. like if he went let one side get away with it, he let the other side get away with it too. He's like, "Nah, that's fair," because uh, I don't know if it was this match or the previous one <laughs> where the the Rudos just full on kick a dude in the nards, like oh, no, they the, they the, Wolfman him. The the, <laughs> the Rudo refs will straight up just like turn on people. And like just fuck them over. But then later on, the Technicos do something similar, and he makes the exact same call for them. He's just like, no, 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 that was an inner thigh shot. Inner thigh shot, same thing. And it that it it was fun to me to have a a heel ref who was like, who wasn't one sided. He was just like, you know what? I think they can get away with that, and and applied that principle evenly. Well, I like having, I like having, that's one thing I like about Lucha, though, is I like, the ref should have, like, alignment, too. When I was... Just being, like, this neutral source of stupidity. When I was working, the way that I thought of refs is, is this a ref who is good, or does this ref suck? And that was as far as I really thought about it most of the time. <laughs> well, see, like, I feel like, I feel like a good ref. Like, and AEW kind of does this, like, you know, like, Audrey has, like, she gets everything in AEW gets trash right now, but, like, there's a difference in Audrey and Bryce referee a match, and it comes down to their personality, and you can tell how they're going to behave because they have established characters and personalities. It's kind of like Earl Hefner back in the day, or, like, uh, Tommy Young. Like, they had distinctive personalities, uh, that did not override the matches, but it gave you an idea of how they should behave as referees. Nick Patrick, too. Nick Patrick was really good for having a personality. And in, like, WWE, like, I don't even know the referees' names anymore because they're such nothing. Yeah, that was... Um, yeah, you're you're right. You know, Aubrey is, is a very professional, take it seriously, but gets very great forceful. joy. Great joy out of, out of serving comeuppance. And Bryce is an animated, like, you know, 
don't screw with me ref, but he's also, you know, very animated and very big and, and Audrey will get in your face kind of thing. And, and Rick Knox is kind of a more mellow, like, um, in between force. I would actually say Audrey's almost like an alpha Chad too, in the way she handles situations. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I have to, I have to applaud her. Cause I think it was that Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker one, or, or what match was it where there were just thumbtacks everywhere. And like the only place to make the count was in the tax, and god damn it, she jumped. She right just into did the it. Tax. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's very much the professional. So let's go ahead and, and go to the main because this, I mean, you're right. You know, the these two guys, it was it's the match of the card. But yeah, going so, to the main, oh so the internal conversation of Matt was the leader of this was can Paraguayo get a good match out of Conan? Yes. Because I maintain that I have never seen a good Conan match. Like outside of, I guess you could say, like the uh, the match he had with Disco Inferno that we Disco, actually reviewed. Disco did drag something watchable out of him against his yes. will, which is like I don't even consider Disco Inferno to be like a great worker. I, I consider Disco to be a good worker that unfairly gets clowned because there's a couple things with Disco. So one. Being an incompetent worker required you to be an excellent worker to properly like foil the tropes of like a competent worker. Like you can't suck and pretend to suck in the ring. Okay. And like to his offense is pretty good. Like he has a standard range of matches. Like he's not gonna give you like a four star classic, but he's a guy you can throw out there for ten minutes. He's probably gonna give you like good solid work every single time yeah he was yeah. solid and yeah. they had enough chemistry and working together that they were able to do something but this he, match he's a, guy, he's a guy that if he showed up at your door and said hey i want a job you're going to take one look at him and be like yeah get out there like i'll hire you yeah now the thing about this match that got me I, and i sent this to the guys earlier is in the course of this match conan who was supposed to be one of the biggest stars in the company uh, or in the country did things that I got chastised for whenever I, I started working. Conan would do a move and then wander around in the ring looking gassed and not sure what to do before he would go back and do something else over and over and over again. And it was driving me crazy. And basically all Conan would do, he'd do a move and he'd do some punchy stuff. And like when, when he's on offense, there ain't a whole lot going on. And then you have Pero who, Pero Aguayo, who, when he starts doing stuff, you know, things it's are awesome. happening. Yeah. Like, think the match sucked until he got that flurry of punches. And then like, you're immediately mm. like, oh yeah. Like, yeah, here we go. But look, this, I, I, this was a half good match, which, in my estimation, does not make it a good match. If, if you if you if you just cut out the Conan parts and just watch like Paraguay selling and um, doing work, like it's a good match. But you know what I love about Lucha though, in this match in particular, is I love when they're going to get color in a Lucha match. They don't waste any time. Oh, that's true. They went they're yeah, just, like quick. get the blood out, and this was like I would say this is about a point. Four on the Muda scale, Blade John. It, it it didn't start off that way, but by by the end, 
Pero was just bleeding like a stuck pig. Um, and I do appreciate that because I think that adds a lot to the match. Yeah. Yeah. I agree and then with that. What, what I love though is I love that Eddie, Eddie has to come back out with that god awful, like mangled, like shaved head he had to like help interfere in this match. Yeah. I actually kind of wish it was an HD so I could see the true horror of that haircut he got. <laughs> <laughs> so, the I mean, through the course of this, we we get a good baby face overcomes, but it just it, it blew my mind that the Conan that we got in WCW and beyond that was the good stuff. Like, oh yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> He, he was like so, supposedly the Hulk Hogan of Mexico at this point in his career, and uh, I, they they kept saying that. I I don't believe that at all. I think it's only because like he had some crossover appeal and Hogan, you brief, know, at the time. Yeah, he had a brief era of like, mm. but even here, like he wasn't getting big heat. Like when when Paraguayo came out, like I said it in our chat, is like there are pops, and there's what Paraguayo got when he came out. Mm-hmm. Because Chris Cruz pissed me off because, like, well, he's not much to look at, but he's like the everyman's wrestler. I'm like, bitch, like, anyone watching this who didn't know Paraguayo is, and I'm sure Shadow backs this up, the second you hear the reaction he gets and he walks out and you, like, get hit with his charisma, you're like, oh, okay, he's obviously a star. This guy's a big deal. Don't talk shit. You know, respect the game here. The guy... (sighs) Yeah. It was, it, but I mean, it wasn't like a terrible main event. Uh, if you want me to say, like, again, the question is, like, have Matt, do you think that a Paraguayo can pull a good match out of Conan? The answer is, like, yes and no. Like, I actually wound up liking this match, but I don't know that I would call it good. Or at least it was good only because of Paraguayo. It was not good because of Conan. Uh, it was good. It was good, how, kind of to spite Conan. Yeah, can we talk yeah. about? Can we talk for a second about how if if they showed it any angle from the front, how Conan's ring attire looked like a clan robe when he was walking out. <laughs> <laughs> like if you caught it from the side and the back and you couldn't see the face, like Jesus Christ, it looks like a fucking clan robe with some like was, airbrushing on it. It was, man. There was nothing about Conan in this that was working for me. Like at all, yeah. His physique was decent. I'll give him that. And his um, suplexes look okay. I mean, no, no, okay. I, I, um, his the the suplexes he was doing in between all the huffing and puffing did like actually looked pretty good for something he was doing. No, I don't know, man. And, it just and that bump that bump he took from the cage was pretty sick too, where he like uh... fell between the cage and the ropes. Like I imagine he cut the crap out of himself doing that damn it brad you're you're making me go back and give credit to him in this what are you doing no, i mean the, the bumpy took uh, that bumpy took like climbing the cage i was just like that that had to hurt yeah so guys general general impressions recommendation or not what do you think uh, I don't think it's like the best show of all time or the best show of the 90s, but I would give it a thumbs up. I do think that the the Los Gringos Locos tag is, is good. I wouldn't give it five stars. I'd, I'd probably do like four to four and a half. Um, mm-hmm. And everything, I, I everything and else was at least four. And, four. You, and you can see the, that 
that's on YouTube as itself with better video quality. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, I would say I would recommend it for matches one, two, and four. Like those are those there's enough there that I'd say, oh yeah, this is this is you know what, just just watch to match four, call that the main event and be done. <laughs> you'd be you'd Actually, be fine. Isn't the isn't that tag on a WWE DVD somewhere? Uh hang on. I swear to God, that sounds in one of their like Eddie Guerrero yeah, DVDs. Yeah, because like, it was on Eddie Guerrero cheating death, stealing life. Yeah, so go watch it on there because that'll be in good quality. Yeah, like, that's a good place for it. So, general recommendation? Uh, I'll give it a thumbs up. Thumbs up. All right. Yeah. It's I better will, than so. a one match show. Um, the tag, I would say is required viewing and if you want to get into lucha i would actually say that's a good intro match and this is actually a good intro lucha show because it's not like a true lucha show but if you're you're thinking about getting into lucha i'd say watch this show because one it's in english two um they work a little more americanized and like it's pretty good other than like one match it's kind of a stinker because even the main event like i'll crap on but it was watchable it's a um it's a good entry point like, I was actually shocked because I didn't like the main event that much. And I saw it was like 17 minutes. Like, wow, that didn't feel like 17 minutes. So it must yeah. not have been that bad. All right. Well, general recommendation. Um, sorry, guys. We're we're trying this a little bit differently. It's screwing with our, our time frame. But um, we would love to hear from yeah. you on social media. Uh, please hit us up. And uh, hopefully it'll be different next time. This is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth. And we'll catch you next time.